I hope that all of you today came with the expectation that God is up to something. And you are a part of that something. You know, we have too many things go on when we like to be spectators. We like to go and watch other people get blessed and other people perform and other people do something. But it sure is fun when you get into a group and you realize that you're not an observer, you are a participator. You are made, you have made yourself available to be blessed and to be a blessing. Now, I am not going to preach a sermon this morning, per se, but I am going to share some of the things with you that I want you to know, everybody to know. When you've been around a church for a half a century, and some of you have been here that long with me, uh, we just take for granted the things that God has uniquely done at our church that has allowed us to grow our faith. And every single year, we learn something new about God. And every time I pause and get by myself where I can just think and the phone doesn't ring or um, not worried about driving off the road by thinking other than being a good driver, how good it is to just remember how good God is and how good he has been to me, to my family, and to you and your family if you have been a part of Sagemont. We are going to do something, guess, that's very unique. If you're watching by television, there is uh, a lot of uh, unique services in uh, the Christian faith all over the world, but very few of them will be like this one was going to end here in just a few minutes. Matter of fact, this may be so rare, you may get out a little bit early today just to go out and enjoy your blessings. But I hope you have come today with a sincere heart, Lord do it again. Do it again. He said, what do you mean, do it again? Do what again? Back in the 1966, when this church began, it was just a rice field out here. And the church in Pasadena, the First Baptist Church Pasadena, started a mission work on this piece of property, which was only five acres at that time. And they built a building and that building was $160,000. And when we had our first service on that Sunday morning, 52 people united with the church. Uh, there were 16 that came over from the mother church but on, that were part of that 52, but all of these folks were in this community. We had that service that Sunday morning and... One person got saved, Kevin Morrison. It was worth the investment that morning. Everything was, was back to zero again because somebody came to know Jesus. Since that time, there's been more than 20,000. God has blessed in incredible ways. But for some reason, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. Now get that part of the verse, to show himself strong and as he works in the hearts of the people that know him. It, God has done that here. God some way knew 
that there was going to be a, a plant. And then it was going to grow. And as it grew, it would grow spiritually as well as numerically. And it would learn the Bible. And it would go by the Bible. And we decided one year that we would, would uh, read the Bible through in 365 days. So we read three chapters every day, five on Sunday, and we all read the Bible through. Everybody got something unique out of that adventure. What I got out of that adventure was that I discovered for the first time in my life some of the scriptures having to do with how God wants to bless his people and how he does not want his people to ever be in debt. That is just a common way of life 50 years ago, and for most, it still is a common way of life. Well, you can't have it unless somebody else has got it and loans it to you and charges you to give it all back to them plus more money. But the Bible shows us that every single building program in the Bible was paid for in cash. And the way it was paid for was God chose, instead of blessing secular business, to bless his kids, whose heart was perfect towards him. And at the same time that this was going on, I was uh, out of town and, uh, during the week, and I was fishing down at Port Mansfield. And I was <laughs> out wading in the water and got out of the water and... I got back to where I was staying, and there was a message for me to call Houston. There was an important message at the Union Baptist Association office. Well, now, the Union Baptist Association is the association of all the Southern Baptist churches in Houston. So I made the call, and I was informed that I was nominated and elected to be the moderator of the Union Baptist Association. Now, that's the way church, work, uh, church life works. You don't show up to meeting and you get chosen <laughs> to be the leader. And so, so I thought, my goodness, you know, I know I was raised in Union Baptist Association. Our mother church was in, in Union Baptist Association. They had started six churches and I knew a lot about it. I knew about, about the Palacios and, the, and Peach Creek and all these things. And, uh, but I thought, you know, I need to learn more. So I began to gather all the data that I could gather about this association, which at that time and still is the largest association of Baptists in the world. And what I learned was that year, all of the uh, churches uh, in Houston uh, gave uh, to, uh, to uh, the banks on interest $350. Uh, $350,000, excuse me, $3,500,000, $3,500,000. And the same year, those same churches gave $2,200,000 to World Missions. Now think about that. We were giving more money in interest to the secular world than we were given to tell the world about Jesus Christ. And we decided that we would make a change, and the church voted unanimously to never borrow another dollar. If God doesn't provide it, we'll learn to do without it. And you know what? There were times when he didn't make it happen. And you know what? We're sure thankful. Because if he would have, we would have built this auditorium over here across the, uh, on uh, Hughes Road. We would have built it four foot underwater. 
but we didn't have the money to build it and pay cash. But later on, we did build it when we found out that we needed to raise it four feet. So we raised it four feet. God took a second chance, and all the money came in to pay for the building. See, God can keep you out of a lot of trouble. If you don't have the money, you learn to get along without it. That's not only good for the, for the church. That's good for the individual. That's good for the family. When you simply say, hey, I can't afford it, but I sure do want to do it, so how can I? No, if you can't afford it, just learn to get along without it. So we went through all these years of saying we're not going to, miracle after miracle. I'm not going to tell you all these miracles, except I would be glad to go out and eat shrimp with you and tell you all of them, all right? But <laughs> I do want you to get the picture this morning. This church is committed to reaching the world for Christ. This church's heart is missions. This church gives to others. We give to, uh, last year, we gave to others 30.6% of our budget. Now, that's unheard of in big churches. Most big churches are indebted. They're giving great amounts of money on interest, but they're not giving to missions. Some of the largest churches in this city give very little away. It's all about them. Our future here at Sagemont is not about us. It's about a world that is hurting and in need of the gospel. So the Lord let us see 151 ordained and licensed into the ministry, but all of it tied into this one thing. We made a commitment that we do it God's way and everybody was gonna have a chance to get involved in it. So we began to see things happen and they were wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. I just, stop and think from time to time what it would be like if we as a church had not learned as individuals what the Bible says about money. The Bible speaks about money, money, money. But you know what it speaks? Not getting our money because it all belongs to him, but how to bless others. And that's what we're doing now. But we are trying to let this generation of young people see, as we attempt to build a student building, let them see in their generation God is still at work, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask. So when we learned that God's got plenty of money, you don't have to save God money. He's got plenty of it. It's us. It's struggle. But you know what? When God finds people that will use what he has for his glory, it is unlimited. Now, I'm not going to go on with any other stories of the past, but I am going to tie in a couple of things that um, will precede what we're fixing to do in a few minutes. One of the things that we did, well, the, the first thing real quickly was uh, we owed $600,000 and we had the, the uh, over 40 families in our church give their total income to the Lord for 40 days. And in just a few months, we paid the church out of debt. We ate stew and cornbread every single night for 40 nights. We had, we had stew and cornbread for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we still love those three things. 
But God just smiled on us, and he began to bless. And then we began to realize that, hey, and here's my favorite scripture, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of people whose heart is perfect towards him. God has found a place that's called Sagemont. Number two, the best is yet to come. The foundation is laid. We're on solid rock. Every church in America or the world that knows about Sagemont knows there's something unique about the finances of this church. How we operate and how God blesses and how he blesses through everyone, not just a few wealthy people. All of us have committed ourselves to the Lord. And so the, the scripture this morning, I'm going to read it to you. And this is the, one of the favorite scriptures of most all of us that grew up in the church. It's Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 29. And I want you to listen, and I will read it from the King James. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went, traded with the same, made another five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and dug in the earth and hid his Lord's money in the, in the dirt. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came, and he reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came, brought his five talents, saying, Lord, you've delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained five beside them, five talents more. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter now to the joy of the Lord. He also that had two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done. Same words. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter you into the joy of the Lord. Then, then he which had received the one talent came and said, now watch out here. He came and said, Lord, I knew you are a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. But I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the earth. Lo, there you have that which is yours. The Lord answered and said unto him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. You ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then, at the coming, I should have received my own with usury. Take, therefore, the talent from him. Give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Amen. Let me tell you two, three quick stories. God made all of us servants during that time. We came up with the idea of taking this story and just putting it into play. And so we gave away 
one Sunday at dollars, everybody. Everybody's got one dollar. We said we're going to bring that dollar back at the end of the month and see what that dollar can become. We're going to plant it in God's will for our life. Let me just tell you real quick two or three things that happened. One little boy, he was about eight or nine years old. He said, Mom, I want to go to the dollar store. She said, what do you want to go for? He said, I want to get some dog shampoo. So he went and got him some dog shampoo, came back, and he could do eight or ten dogs for two dollars a dog. When he got all those done, he went back, got him some more shampoo. Before that was over with, he gave over $600 from that one dollar. Over $600. <laughs> there, there were those that, that took their dollar and they went and bought a gallon of gas and started mowing yards. And then they just kept on and they kept on and they kept on. And then they brought back whatever God turned that dollar into. I took my dollar and sent it to 25 preachers and asked them to sign it and put their favorite scripture. I sent it all over the world. I knew if I ever got it back after touching the hands of 25 preachers, it would be a miracle dollar. <laughs> just, just the one dollar. And so I, I, told, I told the church family, I'm going to sell it at 8 o'clock on the morning of the end gathering. And it brought $2,600. And I did get it back, okay? <laughs> but that's the way God just began to work. The kids began to go to the Astro games and, and go down on the field and get their dollars signed by whoever was in town from the out-of-town team. They got involved in an incredible way where the children were beginning to lead us in this becoming a reality. One of our men gave his to a beggar. He gave it to a beggar. He was out of town, and he said, I just felt like I ought to give it to a beggar that was on the street. He gave it to a beggar with this promise, God... The next business that comes to my company and my family's company, and they're still members of Sagemont, the next, the next contract we get unsolicited, we don't know where it came from, the profit on that will go to that building program. And it was many, many thousands of dollars. That's just the way God does. You just never, ever know. My most emotional story and Joe Simmons sitting over here and I made sure that I had one fact exactly right but I was at the Southern Baptist Convention and I had spoke there at one of the gatherings and Ike Reichard a friend of the years before and I met there and hadn't seen each other for a long time he said John he said uh, I'll fly you I'll pay for your flight home if you'll sit down and tell me about that dollar thing <laughs> and so I got a first-class seat on Delta Airlines. He was a pastor in Atlanta. He had people in the church could make that happen. The only way I told him about it, he got to his church and he did the same thing. Here's the very emotional part, and I'll try to tell you this without breaking down. But he had a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Her name was Abigail. When Abigail was born, her mother died in the delivery. On a Sunday morning just like this, Ike got up to his people and said, we've got a dollar for everybody. Take yours and do with it what you will. On the way home, little Abigail was sitting in the back seat. He said, I, I thought she was safer back there. And so I'd put her back there when we were riding together. And she could talk loud enough, and I could too, that we could communicate. And she says to her daddy, Daddy, 
I, want, I didn't get one of those Jesus dollars today. I want one of those Jesus dollars. And he says, well, Abigail, if you didn't get one, I'll get you one. And so he did. And he uh, gave her a dollar. He said, well, what are you going to do with it? She said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to paint some pictures for Jesus. And he said, well, that sounds good to me. So they got it all put together. They went and, and got the, the uh, Crayolas and the coloring book. And this great artist went to work. And she colored a bunch of them. Next Sunday, he told that at church. There was a visiting couple in the service. After they were over with, they went to the visitor's room. They asked Brother Ike. They said, does, does Abigail have any more pictures? We'd like to buy one and take it home with us. And he said, well, if she don't, she can get them together pretty quick. <laughs> and uh, so she's, he says, uh, okay, well, we want to buy one. When can we see them? He said, are you going out to eat lunch today? And she said, yeah. I said, after lunch, here's our address. Come by the house. Give her plenty of time to do her art. All right. So they came, rang the doorbell, came into the house, and met little Abigail for the first time face to face. And they affirmed her how sweet it is, darling, for you to give your heart to Jesus and your talent to Jesus. We want to see your pictures. They scattered them out all in the living room. And they just acted like they were in some multi-million dollar art gallery. Oh, that's kind of pretty, you know. Ooh, what do you think about this one? He said it was quite a deal. He said he wished he could have filmed it at all. Finally, they picked out a picture. He said, let's take this one. Okay. They went out the door went on their journey many miles away. Ike said, I just couldn't wait to get that envelope open. And uh, so he said, Abigail, she wasn't caring about the envelope. She's just glad that she was in, you know, sold one of her pictures. And he opened the envelope, and in that envelope was a check for $50,000. $50,000. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. You know, when, when a three-and-a-half-year-old will listen, imagine what would happen if we would listen. How God wants to bless us. And, but sometimes we got to start over again. So we're going to help you start over again. We're going to help you get out of this mode I've always wanted to give, but I never can. Half of the members of Sage My Church did not give $1 bill last year. That's the way with all churches. About half do not. Half carry the load. No problem. God can continue to bless us. We're going to pay our bills. Don't worry about that. But you know what you're missing out on? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. What you're missing out is on you've tried to run with your money all your life, and it hadn't, it hadn't held up too good. You know, you've, you've done this and done this and done this, and you take a chance on this, and the lottery's always a big deal and on and on. But you've never learned, my God shall supply all. Say that with me. My God shall supply all all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Not according to your riches, not your mother and daddy is going to leave you a fortune, you think, but probably won't. But anyway, <laughs> but it comes from heaven. Every good and perfect gift, this book says, comes down from the Father. What would you give for your health right now if you were dying? He's the great physician. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. If you want to get control of your life, 
You give it totally to the Lord. God says, I will supply your need. I will take care of you. But I want to use you to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. So what we're doing here will be watched by many churches. I can tell you that every church that I know of, since the the story of Ike Reichert, other churches have done it. God has blessed. But it's been a long time. We're going to do it again. We're going to give everybody a chance to participate. Now, I want to pray. And then Elizabeth Neffer is going to come, and, and she's going to give the instructions. And if you want to switch envelopes because, you know, you're one of those, well, I'll swap you, you know. We, we, I, know I know how the gamblers do. Let's do this or that, you know. I, I'd prefer you just keep your own envelope, all right? Let's see what God gives you. Amen? All right, bow your head. I want you to pray right now. Dear God, do you want me in on this? Dear God, speak to my heart. What do you want me to do? What would you have me to do? Just pray. I'm going to be quiet for just a few moments, and then I'll pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're your kids. You're our Father. You're our Lord. You are our King. But most of all, you're our Father. We're your kids, and we want to be faithful. And Lord, we want to be trusted. You said if we'll be faithful over little things, that you can make us ruler over many. And I pray, Father, that everyone that gets the envelope in a few moments will understand that's the beginning but that many of these in the days to come if they'll be faithful with what's in that envelope that they will be blessed beyond anything that they can imagine not for themselves but so they can continue to be a blessing to others dear God would you free us from our selfishness free us from our me first attitude Help us, help us, Lord, to love others like you did. You gave your only son that we could have life everlasting. And God, would you give us an idea, personal, unique, and individual, what you want us to do with the monies we receive today from you. We will listen. We will serve according to your will. And it's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.